Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, from the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Pretty Little Liars After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Pretty Little Liars After Show. Hello. Bing is for doing, and we are doing another crazy after show from Pretty Little Liars. We are in Season 3, Episode 18, Dead to Me. I am still kind of trying to wrap my head around what I just saw. I'm your host, Kelly, and hanging out with me today... I'm Stephanie, and uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those episodes where we were having a little powwow before we came in here to try to get all the details right, and we're hoping that we can pull it all off. I mean, you guys have to remember, we literally come in here minutes after seeing it. So as you can imagine, and as fans, you guys know, it's a lot to process. So many little details, so many little things to pay attention to, and that was definitely a lot of that going on tonight. Yeah, and little things where we were picking it up and then having to quickly kind of be like, was that what you saw too? Okay, cool. Like, let's go. And yeah, it's it's definitely crazy. Um, Dr. Sullivan is back. Which he, I mean is big news for you. I'm <laughs> telling you, I still think she's in. I, I still think she's in it somehow. I, you know, especially after the encounter today, which we'll get into in a second. But you know, the episode opens. Aria and the girls are at the coffee shop, and she's talking about how you know she still really hasn't heard from Ezra. All she got was kind of like an "I made it" text or something like that. Like he arrived in Delaware, but she doesn't. She hasn't really had a conversation with him. Yeah, and she's super unhappy about that kind of sharing that. She hasn't heard from him with all the girls, and mm-hmm. then she's like, I'm going to go spend time in his apartment, which I thought was a kind of a strange thing to do, in all honesty. Allegedly, I guess watering the plants is what she tells his brother, but... Right, well, I think it was funny that Hannah kind of called her out a little bit on it, and she was like, really, are you going to do that wearing his t-shirt? Yeah. You know, because she, she knows that she kind of wants to just go there to, you know, be close to him since he's away. Exactly, and you see her laying in um, his bed at mm-hmm. one point, and even his brother picks up on it um, when he comes to visit. And right. Well, I think she really thought it was Ezra coming back. And, you know, it's like she jumped up out of the bed. She wasn't expecting anyone to be there, yeah. let alone Wesley. So she really got excited, I think, for a second and then saw that it was Wesley. And, you know, 
Wesley was more excited to see her. Yeah, than, I, th- <laughs> I think so too. Than she was to see him, for sure. But I thought it was cute that, you know, she was like, but they did have a little bit of a flirtatious banter going back and forth. It's true. I mean, there's definitely some sort of attraction there. Well, I mean, they're both young, they're both hot. I mean, yeah. it's natural to, you know, that there would be some kind of attraction. Exactly. And they're, I think the age, there are similar ages, similar experiences that mm-hmm. they're going through versus Ezra, who's off dealing with this very adult baby. situation. Yeah. yeah. And she can't relate to that at all. She's like, it, she even says at one point in the episode that, you know, he's a million miles away and doing something that is going to change everything. She right. knows it's it's changing their whole relationship. She just doesn't know how yet because he's not communicating with her. Absolutely. Well, I thought it was really sweet how, and, you know, who knows what the motive is behind behind Wesley's, you know, pull, deme- you know, banter with her, their relationship. But I thought it was cute that when he looked over and noticed she had been laying in the bed that he tells her, you know, why don't you go ahead and stop by? Come take care of the plan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline because I'm, you know, I don't know how to do that, basically. It's like I killed a cactus once and, yeah. you know, makes a joke about it. And, you know, that the like, it looked sincere in the moment, but with this show, you never know. Yeah, I'm still on the fence as to whether I think he's a good or a bad guy. I mm-hmm. feel like I want to believe he's good and, like Ezra, they're both good guys and they're just sometimes in tough situations. Mm-hmm. But something about him there's definitely a question mark for me it's it's not that i necessarily haven't determined that he's bad but Mm -hmm. he's definitely still in that ugly gray zone (laughs) (laughs) well we learned a little bit more about him in this episode as well yeah um there was a random uh prank call sort of at ezra's apartment the Mm -hmm. phone rings um at when aria gets there and he gets weird. He doesn't want to answer. He gets like this kind of like scared, anxious look on his face. He finally jumps up and grabs the phone and somebody just hangs up and he claims that it's a wrong number and, and wants to get out of the apartment quickly. I uh, Yeah, and is very kind of pushing Aria away from knowing anything about mm-hmm. that and just is like, it's a prank call, whatever, or no one was there, kind of wrong number and wants to get away but we quickly learn that it very well may have been related to what he was doing at his prep school. Yes, because they go to they go grab some food, and as they're coming out of the pizza parlor with their you know pizza box of leftovers, um, Wesley has an encounter with um, his physics teacher's husband. Yes, and it's it's really violent. You know, calls him out in the middle of the street and is like, "Your mom may have bought off the board, but she didn't buy me off." And you know, he basically threatens to fight him. There and Wesley hits them with the pizza box and they run. Yeah, and I just thought it was so interesting that that was the reaction, such a violent thing on the street because he admits to um, Aria later on that he, you know, is 
he always wanted to follow in Ezra's footsteps and get away from his family. Mm-hmm. And we all, I think, as viewers, thought that he was a trust fund baby. That's right. That's 100% <clears throat> how it appeared. And so it was interesting that he was like, no, I've always wanted to be like, Ezra, get away. And he's like, the only way I could think to do that is to cause trouble at prep mm-hmm. school. He's failing out of classes. And then he goes ahead and tries to have, I guess, a flirtatious relationship. It didn't sound like they actually had an affair. Well, well, he kind of... Al- the way that I took it, he kind of alluded to the fact that they did because he said, you know, my mom had to get out her checkbook. I've got a jealous husband chasing me. Kind of, it, it worked, basically. Like, what do you think? So yeah. there was definitely some sort of, inter- something inappropriate going on. Now, to what extreme? Uh, you, they don't really say. But in yeah. my, um, something must have happened. They must have made out or something. I was going to say, like, <laughs> I wasn't sure, yeah, how... It was like from G to R, how, how far we were going here. But Mr. Kaplan is mad. Something yeah. bad had to happen. Exactly. I was like, there was definitely a flirty relationship. I'll, I'll leave it at flirty and let all of our viewers determine how far that went. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he opens up to Aria, basically tells her the story. And, you know, he says he was, he, you know, he had, had a little bit of resentment toward Ezra, and, and now he kind of realizes where it was really placed, that he didn't really, you know, resent him for leaving, more so not taking him with him, because he realized to what extreme his family will go to to stay in line with the, with the image that they want to uphold. And we've seen it before. Um, his mom uses the checkbook Apparently for all of the boys' troubles. Yes. That's um, because she paid off um, Ezra's baby Baby mama. mama. (laughs) Yeah. My checkbook brings all the boys to the (laughs) yard. Well, her checkbook takes all the girls out of the yard. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So it's an interesting, it's very interesting that that's kind of the way that Ezra was brought up because I don't think you would ever guess it if you, before this came to light in the past season, you would have thought he was just a normal guy, went to school, and then became this teacher and kind of has this very low-key life because that's what it appears as. Although I have to say that the sweetest moment, I thought one of the sweetest moments of the episode was when he calls um, as or he calls Arya, um, Wesley calls Arya, um, just like the best part of what of what happened to um Ezra was. of his whole like of his whole, the whole yeah. like dramatic scenario that Arya was the best part mm-hmm. and he tells her that you know she was the best thing that ever happened to him which was really cute and that's why his mother hates her mm-hmm. because she was unexpected and if we know anything about that family the Fitzgeralds do not like anything unexpected they throw money at all problems so it can stay in line mm-hmm. with the way that they want to go and when now you have two rebellious kids that want nothing to do with your lifestyle it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens yeah I also thought it was interesting it was so clear that unexpected was a compliment in his mind. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't in like normal life when someone calls you unexpected <laughs> think of that as the best thing to have said about you. But I in mean, this in this situation, I, I, it yeah. was a compliment and I felt that it was and I think she did too. A hundred percent. I had no doubt about that. I just thought it was an interesting yeah. way, way of, I was like, oh, unexpected. Like that's, that's nice, but just kind of a different thing, mm-hmm. but very sweet and very him, I felt like. Well, and it's look like they're really forming a friendship and confiding in one another at this point. And, you know, we'll kind of see where that goes. I just, I would hate to see it kind of go bad where he's going to do, like, 
try to put the moves on Arya just to cause a bigger rift mm-hmm. and separate himself further from the family. Yeah. Like, I really hope it doesn't go that way. I, I don't feel like it is at this point, yeah. but it's kind of one of those things that you never know. I definitely think he's crushing on her. That seems to, right. by the end of the episode, I had very little doubt there's something there that he likes or wants to spend more time with her, at least as a friend. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't think, I hope not, I agree with you, that he doesn't put the moves on her. Mm. But he doesn't seem to want to separate himself from Ezra, so I don't think that that would be the smartest move. He wants to be just like Ezra. That's what we're hearing. So I'm hoping that that he is what he says he is. I hope that that really is genuinely his his mission and not that he was sent there by his mom to kind of do. I mean, and from the looks of what happened on the street today, maybe not, but I mean, she does use her checkbook for anything that could have been you know, a setup scenario. But I know that I'm reaching, so calm down, everybody. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I I've seen s- crazier things on the show. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from. I'm hoping in my heart of hearts that that is not the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want him to be a good guy. As I said, he's still a question mark. But right. I do want him to fall on the good guy side. So well, hopefully- I think that, you know, Toby right now has enough of the bad guy side for all of us. I think that, you yeah. know, that's all, we ca- you know, between Mona and Toby, I think we're good on the bad guy front for now a hundred percent yeah so um spencer i mean she's she's just really having a hard time with this breakup i mean she looks a mess she's crying all the time she's having a hard time accepting what is happening and i have to say that i'm i really like that they didn't make it so easy for her to just get back to normal that she this this is a process this is a very very difficult situation for her this is a person that she truly loved and to find out that that the person you truly love is the person like one of the people that you feared the most that was messing with your life yeah i mean it's unimaginable if you really think about it (laughs) it's really really unfortunate and it's sad yeah and we're watching her go through the motions of this and you know who that was right uh, i couldn't really hear what it was it was better than ezra oh nice <laughs> better than ezra nice. good one yes it's <laughs> good 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 oh uh, but we're really seeing her kind of go through everything and yeah, I mean, it was interesting because in the scenes from last week, we kind of got that sense that she was going to really lose it over this breakup. Mm-hmm. And tonight we saw that she can't even, you know, really function in the way you would want. She's not a good friend right now. She's not a particularly interested student, it appears, because Mona comes up to her and is talking about the decathlon. Mm-hmm. And she kind of is just pushing that away. But wait, but did you pick up on when Mona came over to her and gives her the information for the decathlon is talking to her about it and says, you know, I really hate to bring this up, but you're not on your A game. Oh, I I wrote I wrote it down. Uh-huh. I didn't think about it in that way because I feel like in school you're like, oh, you're not on your A game. I and the, you but make no, a yes. fantastic point that I totally well, because some, like tonight. sometimes when I say you're not on top of your game, like yeah. I hardly ever throw in the A. Yeah. So the fact that if she emphasized you're not on top of your A game was just that underhanded dig at her. 
And, and the, Spencer picked up on it, and yeah. she just r- got really angry. Yeah, and this is one of those situations where I feel like if I had gone back and DVR, like, yeah. and <laughs> watch it again, I would be like, oh, yes, I totally caught that, but you're right, I'm writing down the last thing. Yeah. Um, I completely agree, though. She did lose it, and I also thought it was a low dig when Mona mentions, you know, maybe um, Toby will pick me over you. Well, she alludes to the fact that Toby's going to the decathlon right. to watch this. Now, I... She says, I'd hate for him to go all this way for you and end up cheering for me. Right. And here's what I took for that to mean. If we're if we're sticking with you, you're not on your A game and the whole underlying thing, then maybe as I would hate for him to have wasted his time with you when he's going to be rooting for me anyway because he's on her team. See, you kind of see what I... Yeah, I completely get it. I think that, yeah, she's kind of alluding to the fact what I took from it was that he's already on her side. Like, w- yeah, right. Right. So what difference does it make? Whatever you do is not going to impress him. Like, he's in my court. Like, mm-hmm. I have him already. She was definitely making those kind of A thing threats or, you know, digs at her and Spencer, you know, br- retaliates back by saying, you know, this is not a game to me. Yeah. And that's when she says, oh, well, that's good because I'd hate for him to go all that way for yeah. you. And, you know, it's horrible. She's really, you know, using it to to get at Spencer and I think she's you know it's going to come back to bite her because Spencer's ready to burst she's you know she got the text message from the private investigator whose name was Miles Corwin I believe yes. he texted her and he had some information for her you know she has him following following Toby yeah. Or at least, you know, tracking his movements. Because we find out that he was tracking his credit cards. Yeah, and he was buying hydrangeas. Lots and lots of hydrangeas. Yeah, and then he switches over to cash. and so. Well, I think he used cash, then he used credit card, and now he's, like, back to cash. Yeah, So he's tr- and we're still figuring out what that means in terms of them and their, that relationship. I don't... I don't remember a time where hydrangeas were a big... No, but if you remember when, like, toward the end after... Because... Miles traces the key to kind of like a, an area of different small built like various buildings. Yeah. And if he, if she wanted him to kind of narrow it down to the exact place, he wanted more money. Right. So she takes some time to decide if, if she's going to spend the money. When she finally goes back and decides to spend an extra $500, you know, he asks her, you know, what are you, ho- after he tells her where the, this apartment is, he, tell, he asks her, you know, what are you hoping to find there? And she says, you know, he and I had a secret. So I'm hoping if I go there and I open it and I, I see what I think I'm, I find what I think I'm going to find, then there's hope that all of this wasn't a lie. That he, you know, that he wasn't, right. he didn't fool me basically. And she talks about the, she asked him, have you ever played the game? He loves me, he loves me not pulling the petals. Mm-hmm. The trick is to find the flower with the odd number of petals. And they start listing the flowers and she says, how many petals does a hydrangea have? So I think she's hoping to uh, see that. Right. And that's what I imagine, like, too many hydrangeas to count when you walk into this apartment. And mm-hmm. that is not at all what she finds. It's, no. It's completely it's, empty. You could tell there was pictures on the wall and, yeah, you know, everything's abandoned, abandoned and, and gone. And she just, you know, freaks out. And, I mean, I can't even imagine what that experience... I mean, she's so lost in this relationship it's her first love essentially and then you're finding out that he completely deceived you i mean dealing with a breakup is tough on its own but adding all of this other stuff just makes it that much worse and it's not only that he 
you know, played her, it's her whole world is coming crumbling down because of him, because of the A-team, if you right. want Right. To. You know, the situation with her sister and, you know, everything with her mom and Garrett. I mean, it's just really affecting everybody around her, and she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't want to talk to anybody about it. She's being really mean and ugly toward everyone. She gets in a fight with Jason. And, you know, tells him, you really don't want to fight with me right now because I'd win and it wouldn't be good for any of us. Yeah. And Jason, because how that kind of came about was that Jason offered all the girls to have, I guess you could say, a final goodbye with his sister before she Mm -hmm. was, I guess, put to rest again. Yeah. So they released Allie. They released Allie's body back to the family. So they're going to do another memorial service. And this time they're going to put her in a mausoleum. Mm -hmm. So he said, you know, it's family only, but I've arranged for you girls to come and say goodbye after my parents leave. And Spencer just goes off and says she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. She's tired of this. She's over it. She's done. Yeah, and all the other girls seem really shocked by mm-hmm. that reaction, and and they go and are a part of, I guess you can say this memorial service or mm-hmm. what have you, and uh, she really does. Um, Spencer just can't handle it, and then she comes in with a bombshell in the middle of this the mausoleum, which was a well. She burst in. She's late. She burst in, and she. You know, Jason's like, oh, you changed your mind. Great. She's like, no, I do have something to say to you. And she tells him that Allie was possibly pregnant and that the father was Detective Wilden. I thought it was a completely low blow. Like, even if you're going through something as terrible as she's going through, you Mm -hmm. don't throw that. Well, here, the thing is she's hurting and she wants everyone to hurt just like her, which is what the girls say. And Arya says, we're your friends. We're not your punching bag. And they all leave. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't believe how hard she's being on these girls who have been there for her through everything. Just because she's not telling them this last Mm -hmm. portion of it doesn't mean they wouldn't be there for her. Well, and Emily, when Emily goes to see her and she has the box of stuff at the house with with Toby's things in it. And, you know, she's looking at the chair and they're kind of looking around. And, you know, she tells her, I know you're not ready to talk yet, but you know that we're all here for you. Mm -hmm. But I think it's one of those situations when you hurt the ones closest to you because it's the easiest to do. A hundred percent. You know, and yeah. I I think that's what she's going through. And, you know, her her parents haven't been around her or that we've seen. Her sister isn't there and they don't have the best relationship. So she feels completely alone because the closest per- person to her, aside from the girls, completely deceived her. She doesn't know what to do and she's completely out of her element and she's going crazy. I mean, and I think we're going to see more of that next week. We can talk about it a little more in predictions, uh-huh. but she does not seem like she's going to snap back from this no. in any way. No, she's, it looks like it's still going to, you know, she's still going to be fighting with this a little. I think even more so after seeing the empty apartment. I, I completely You know, agree. I think that's just made it worse. I don't think there was any type of closure there for her. And also the mementos that she has in that box, it seemed <clears> that those were a real trigger for her as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, because we see her in the room by herself sitting in the chair and there's the box of stuff there. And, you know, it's it's just 10 times worse than a normal breakup. So, I mean, I really feel for her. And, and I think that she's doing a good job just kind of showing the the hurt and the anger that she's going through. I mean, especially being a teenager, that even intensifies it more. I mean, yeah, that's what's so great about this show is that there are moments where you feel like, ooh, that I'm not sure that relates to, like, high schoolers. And then mm-hmm. there's these moments where they really do 
get it 110%. Right. And you're just like, ooh, that is really how I would have acted in high school. And it feels very true to that experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what do you guys think? I know that, you know, the show is just getting, you know, deeper and deeper. And they're, you know, going back to a lot of stuff from previous seasons and previous episodes. So it's kind of crazy to keep up with everything. But please go to iTunes, you know, subscribe to our podcast. It's free. Tell your friends, you know, rate and comment. We read all of your comments. We really appreciate the feedback. And also on YouTube, you can comment there as well. But we'd really appreciate the rates on iTunes because it helps us out here. So please iTunes rate five stars. Thanks. Yes, we <laughs> love reading them. I love reading all your comments and you give us new theories, which is always super helpful because yes. we love that. Yes. And, you know, and we're doing our best to stay on top of our game with with all of this stuff. And, you know, there's like if you could see, like I have all my notes laid out. Like, I know. It's, it's all like a huge <laughs> notebook. Of, well, uh, this episode kept going back and forth and it kept bouncing from storyline to storyline, which makes it a little bit harder to kind of right. put everything together. But. You know, and then, you know, we go next to Emily. Emily is another one that's going through a lot. And fortunately, she's not taking it out on everyone else, aside from kind of her mom. Yeah. A little bit. Her mom's getting the short end of that stick, for sure. Yeah. But I like I like seeing her mom being there for her. I like seeing her mom, you know, make it a point to let her know that she's there and that she's not a bad person. Um, I, I finally like to see, you know, we haven't seen that in a while. No, and I feel like it's lacking across the board on the show. Mm-hmm. I continually wonder where Arya's mom is in all of this. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but that's one of my number one concerns here is, like, if your daughter was going through all of this and had the mm-hmm. A-team after and this and that, like, wouldn't you want to be there for your child? Well, I mean, I guess in her defense, they're not really speaking up. So it's not like, you know, you got to remember when you were like in your early teens, how much did you really tell your parents about stuff? It's true. You know, yeah. you hide a lot. There's so many things going in my, on in my life that my mom still doesn't know. <laughs> glad you we can... have like random conversations now. No, 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 no. Glad you share it here. Okay, let's get back to Emily. So Emily goes to see her mom. Her plan is to take a picture on her phone of that picture of Detective Wilden at the um, boathouse or the cabin. Mm -hmm. And we find out the picture's gone. So he has the notebook. He definitely knows that they're on to something. And will somebody remove that picture? I mean, I feel like she was in the police station last week and he probably realized the connection between it all. I mean, he has all these facts. He knows more than most. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he that photo being gone, I think, is a big indicator that he could have been. I mean, and we alluded to that. I mean, we kind of thought that he could possibly be, you know, the, the beach hottie that they were talking about. And then Spencer kind of confirms that when she accuses him of, uh, you know, when she tells Jason. So but we really don't know yet. No. For sure. Which we never know anything for sure in the show. But um, when... Emily, oh, go ahead. I just can't imagine a time where he would be like, well, all the other photos, it's not like the entire board was clear. Right. And it's just that one photo that Mm -hmm. puts into question exactly what you were talking about, the beach hottie. Mm -hmm. Um, It's gone. And so you have to assume. And also, like, zoom in on the show. And you were like, (laughs) look, the photo is missing. Right. Uh, And it's like all the tacks are still in the the same place, like, where the photo was. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you have to assume that that 
is going to come up in later episodes right. and that it is a big clue to something. Um, well, you know, deductive reasoning would tell you he's obviously involved if that he didn't want that picture. Right. You know, because he's the one that's always constantly been around. The other two guys in the shot, we, we haven't really been introduced to them too much except for the awkward, you know, the awkward moment in last episode when right. that police officer was talking to Emily's mom. So they really, at least for now, as far as we know, they don't really play a big part. So it's like he was in the center of the photo. That has to account for something. Mm -hmm. He was the center of attention in that photo. And now the photo's gone. I mean, I think, yeah, huge, a huge clue. Yeah, absolutely. Underline how many times I have a (laughs) huge clue. Um, Well, then Emily plays it off and asks, you know, invites her mom to get something to eat. So they decide to go out to dinner. Her mom's going to leave early. And her mom finds this postcard. What? on her desk or in her purse, I guess. Yeah. In her purse when she was looking. And it's a, a postcard with the Eiffel Tower on it that Emily had put in Allie's casket. And it had a French, it had some French writing on it on the back. And it doesn't say so much that it was from A, but all the words have capital letter A's. Yeah. And Spencer and, um, and Emily try to kind of translate it and there's mm-hmm. a little bit of a debate about the translation but mm-hmm. they basically say it ends up being I believe you're capable of murder was that the stop digging stop the police di- already know that you're capable of murder there you go yeah because and then it goes into the whole thing Emily is still trying to deal with the fact that she actually did murder someone Mm-hmm. And she doesn't feel like she's a hero. She doesn't feel like it was self-defense. She feels terrible about it because, and I think that note even more so ignited those feelings because it's true. She killed someone. Technically, she is capable of murder, but not in that sense. She was ultimately defending herself. She just hasn't forgiven herself for it yet, and she's having a really hard time with it. Okay. Hence my favorite character that's back, uh-huh. Dr. Sullivan, which I finally remember her name. Sorry about all that. <laughs> but, yeah, so Dr. Sullivan is back, and she goes to see her. And the thing that I found really strange about that is, okay, she's not only back in the episode, but she's back in general. So she's back. She's got a new office. Right. Well, a temporary space, all rented furniture, and she's looking for a new office, and she's not even really taking patience until the following week. But she decides to go ahead and see Emily. Well, I think, <clears throat> you know, it might be her own personal thing of needing to shut that chapter down mm-hmm. in order to start the new chapter. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't think, I mean, that's like if you're looking at it on the surface level, what mm-hmm. you could assume. But honestly, it appears that she's not done at all in this world and Mm -hmm. she has a lot invested. So, for a long time, I questioned your theory of her being Mm -hmm. involved. I'm coming around. (laughs) I have to say. She is. If she's not, I'm going to be very, very surprised. Um, And very upset. I see you walking (laughs) in here and just being like, I don't know what happened. She's good. Like, she's a good... How is she good? No, she's not going to be good. I know it. I know it. Yeah. So, it's interesting, though, that she's suddenly back in town just when when Emily needs her, mm-hmm. and Emily's still obviously dealing with. I mean, that's a complex thing when you kill someone in self-defense. I would imagine. Absolutely, there's a lot of emotion. I mean, that I can't go. even. You know, I can't. Obviously, I, we can't really kind of relate to that or imagine no, how that feels. I mean, absolutely but, not. Yeah. But, <laughs> but she has all these conflicting feelings, and it is good for her to talk about it. And I thought that that was, you know, big of her and brave to go in and talk to someone. And yeah. you know, she wants. Someone, she wants somebody to let her be mad at herself. She's tired of hearing people let her off the hook. 
And I thought it was an interesting choice to do hypnotherapy mm-hmm. with her because I always thought that hypnotherapy was like to bring back and repressed memories. Yeah, and that's <clears throat> she even mentions it and she mm. was like I remember it. I don't need to. Yeah. You know, and she was like no, it can also be to reshape or to reframe your memories is what Dr. Sullivan claims. And I don't know enough about hypnotherapy to say that's not the case, but it seemed a little strange to me. Well, I continuously think she's on, on the bad side. So in my mind, she's trying to actually dig up repressed memories and find out if Emily really knows anything. But if we're not looking at it that way, I mean, maybe maybe it can. Maybe that is one of the you know, good points to doing hypnotherapy. She, you know, gets hypnotized and she's starts to remember or she's in this memory, I guess. And she remembers being with Allie. Yeah. That was such a huge indicator to me that, um, well, Allie, she kind of has two different flashbacks with Allie. Right. Right. But this one, but at this point she doesn't know that she thinks it's one memory Mm -hmm. and she basically remembers you know, being with Allie in the backyard, Allie trips over something and then Emily hits her with a shovel is what Emily thinks. So she's freaking out. She jumps out of hypnosis. She runs out of the office. But she doesn't tell Dr. Sullivan what she saw. According to Dr. Sullivan, she still thinks that Emily was think- was talking about the incident with Nate. Yes. So at this point, Dr. Sullivan doesn't know that that's going on. So she runs out. She's freaking out. That's when she goes home and has that nice moment with her mother. It's true. Um, it's. I thought that, um, <laughs> as we can tell, this is a complicated story. We were trying to break it down outside as well. Um, Emily also, though, she has this, spl- this flashback, or we see a flashback with her and Allie. Um, Sprinklers. Well, yeah. this, well, when they go to the mausoleum for the memorial... Yeah. And Spencer has her flip out and they're walking out and they're talking about something. Yeah, Spencer's upset over, you know, the, you know, being heartbroken. But this is something completely different. Like she's broken, broken. And Emily kind of starts talking out loud and she talks about how she knows the feeling and and all of this. And then she goes into a new memory where she the sprinkler set off like another memory. And she realizes that when she was under hypnosis, that she had two memory, two different memories that kind of combined themselves. So now they've been separated, and she goes back to remembering that night where Ali's body was dug up. Yes. And she sees A, who I'm guessing was Toby. Yeah. I, that, like, d- trying to open Ali's grave. Right, and also there's this mention of the girl in the red yes. sweatshirt. And the red coat. And the red coat. And... Mm-hmm. I immediately went to Cece. That's where my head went because they mentioned the blonde hair, mm-hmm. and and they. So I think it was Hannah mm-hmm. that jokingly says, "Oh, maybe it was Allie." Well, she says, "I know it's probably ridiculous, but yeah, you know. Allie." And I know I've had fans tweeting at me mentioning that they're wondering if Allie is still alive or if it's a twin. That's the, that, the whole the twin sister theory is another one. Yeah. But her hair, Cece's hair isn't at least not right now. Her hair isn't that long, so yeah. that I mean the like the profile looks like it could be Allie, just like the the frame and the fact that her hair is long and blonde. But anybody could put on a blonde wig, like you know. Yeah, that could have just been. It could have been Jenna for all we know, like in a blonde wig. Who knows? Exactly. But There's so many. Emily also does make the the revelation that. Whoever was in that red coat is the one that's in charge. So dang it, it's not the doctor if that's true. (laughs) 
I mean, I think the doctor may be involved. I'm coming around to that side. Do I think mm-hmm. she's the ringleader of all of this? Not so much. No, now I'm going to have to put that theory to rest. But I definitely still think she's involved. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It is. It's just, it, it's crazy. And we also see this flashback of, I think it's Emily and Allie planning a trip. Uh, well, when she flashbacks to the cards, to the right. postcards, they're in class together. They're supposed to be studying, and Allie has all these postcards laid out. And that's when they, because they had their whatever kind of relate, you know, their little relationship going on. And mm-hmm. Allie mentions, you know, let's take a trip to Paris, just you and me, and let's just go away forever. Which that actually, for a long time, I was not on board with the <laughs> Allie still alive theory, mm-hmm. but. Then when she's like, let's go away forever, and you get this post, like, Mm -hmm. that made me question everything, and now I'm reconsidering, I'll let you know in further weeks, tweet at me, (laughs) try to convince (laughs) me that um, this is the case. So so my question is, okay, so if it it does come down to the fact that Allie is still alive somehow, whose body is somebody playing with? I mean, I mean that body's been dug up, re-op, you know, autopsied, like thrown around, reburied. Like, whose body is that then? I, that somebody is actually, you a, know, it's a fantastic question. I don't <laughs> think I have an answer for it. Though. <laughs> I mean, yes, I agree with you. I mean, whose body? There has to be a body. It's not like they had a closed casket, buried, done, finished. Right. There was a body in a body bag. So whose body is this? That if, in fact, Allie... I mean, there it would have to have been a twin. It would, yeah, I mean, it has I was to be gonna, something like that. I was going to say, it if has to be the twin theory in reverse. Like, yeah. that she's still alive and the twin is the dead one and mm-hmm. they... I, I, I mean, and then it brings up the whole alter ego thing mm. and, you know, all that. Maybe it really was two people and, you know, the Vivian... Um, yeah. What was her... Oh, Vivian uh, West... West Bloom. West uh, Wood? West Bloom something. Bloom, Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. You guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah. But it, it brings up that whole theory. Yes. But who knows? I mean, I guess we'll find out. And hopefully we'll get more clues. You know, I want more clues this season. I don't want to wait until next season. I, I want to know. I completely agree with you. I really do want to know. Should we talk a little bit about Hannah? Well, yes. Before we get into that, I want to I encourage everyone to please go to AfterBuzzTV.com. There is a banner there that you can click and you can get some of this great merchandise, just like this cup right here. There's some cool stuff. Lots of fun. There's there's a super cute one with a spoon. It's like yes, this it's black. <laughs> <laughs> We're big fans of it here. <laughs> so please, you know, go to AfterBuzzTV.com, check out the merchandise, you know, pick some up, you know, definitely. You know, it'll it'll make your home look very nice. Yeah, and it's a fun thing to have and people can ask you about AfterBuzz. That's always a good time. So, <laughs> Okay, so we still have to talk about Hannah and then Mona. So Hannah spends an interesting day with Caleb. Yes, um, she, I guess his mom asked him to go help clean out his um, aunt and uncle's home because uh, they're moving to Australia. Right. And we find out that it was the aunt that put him in a foster home. Right. Because his mom, you know, gave him to the aunt when he was little and she ended up putting him in a foster home because his dad took off. So he's very bitter about this whole situation. He doesn't really want to go to his childhood home. He doesn't care. Hannah convinces him to go and kind of at least look through stuff and, you know, take a minute. And he gets there and he's just kind of throwing everything away. Yeah. I mean, you kind of see stuffed animals. Everything is just getting tossed by the wayside. Um, But what's interesting is that his uncle, um, Caleb's uncle. Jamie. Jamie gives um, 
gives Hannah this old picture of him. Um, I guess a baby picture. A baby picture, six months old. Um, and what we immediately noticed was that the ring that mm-hmm. is in on an adult's hand, who's holding the baby, or is mm-hmm. in the picture, um, is the same as. His uncle's. Right. And I saw the moment when um, Hannah noticed the same thing. So I was really glad when she finally does show it to Caleb that she brought that up. Yeah. So I think, and and Hannah thinks, from what I gather, that Jamie is actually his dad. Or that he knew him before. Because Caleb's under the impression that Jamie didn't know him until he was five. Yeah. So if he has a picture of him when he's six months old, either he's his dad or he would, you know, they had him way before he was five years old. Right. And the other thing that's interesting to me was that um, Hannah mentions also that it was in his wallet because the edges Mm -hmm. are all. Well, because Jamie tells her it was like in the bottom of a drawer or something that he found in there. Yeah. And it obviously is meaningful to him. And also throughout them being in this garage cleaning out, you could see that, like, the uncle, um, I just blanked on his name again. Jamie. Jamie um, really cares about Caleb, mm-hmm. like wants the best for him and is worried about how he treats Hannah. Like he asks questions like a father would ask. And that mm-hmm. to me is almost a bigger indicator. Than I immediately the ring. thought that that was his dad. Yeah. I, like brother, whatever. You're the brother. You're the dad. Yeah. That, I immediately went to that. He was also giving him kind of those lovingly looks and just, you know, he says yeah. you know, he grew up to be a very nice looking young man. And does he treat you right? And, yeah. you know, definitely that parental kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, the ring was obviously the key mm-hmm. that made it all kind of very clear that that mm-hmm. is most likely the case you never know with pretty little liars right but um uh, to me it was those fatherly questions and when hannah asks him you know did you know did you ever did you know his mother and his dad together were they in love and he kind of stops and thinks and he's like you know yeah i think they were yeah and you know he tells the story that you know she asked why does his dad why did his dad leave and he said he wasn't ready to be a dad but when you leave someone that needs you you forget that their life goes on they don't wait for you yeah and and she, he also kind of mentions to Hannah that you know his mom deserved better mm-hmm. and I thought that that was very telling as well yeah I thought I, I thought he was speaking personally I mean we'll find out and see if that's where the story goes but that's what I thought automatically when as that scene played out yeah but Caleb seems you know when Hannah brings this up to him, he's not really having it. So we'll see how, if he's going to be open to that idea. I can't blame him. If yeah. he'd known this person at his, as his uncle and was never told this, yeah. that's another, that's a, that's another form of betrayal. I mean, these people are getting betrayed every which way around. Yeah. I mean, and complete denial about right. it. Right. You know, 100%. it's terrible. Yeah. And Mona. Oh, Mona. Mona. Mona goes to Dr. Sullivan's office. Yes. Creepy. She walks out. Mona's like sitting in the waiting room with an orchid. <laughs> she gives her a pink orchid and you know is looking in the office. And I, you know, Doctor Sullivan shuts the door, holds it, and they're so close together. It was definitely very awkward. It was, and I just I wanted to kind of couldn't figure out why Mona was acting the way she was in that room exactly like she seemed both of them know more I feel like than what they were letting on in that scene and that's why it seems so awkward between them because they both and the way that I took it I took it to be that Dr. Sullivan was a little frightened of Mona 
And she, well, she wouldn't let her in that office. No, and her facial expression to me was kind of unco- was uncomfortable and anxious. Maybe frightened's not the right word, but it Take was it definitely back, for sure anxious. And why are you here? And Mona tells her, "I could never really thank you for all that you did to me," which again proves the point to me at least that I think she was involved more so than we all think. Because how else could Mona keep getting in and out of the, you know, the hospital as easily as she did? It's yeah, I think that that's true, but I I want to know what she did, what both of them are doing in order to have this very, t- you can say it's a tense relationship at this yeah. point, for sure. Mm-hmm. And but I, I, I took it as Mona had the upper hand in that relationship. Interesting. I, I mean, I definitely got the sense that she was taken aback by Mona, mm-hmm. but I felt like she might have... They both have dirt on each other in some weird way. In that moment was when her being the ringleader, that theory was blown out the window. When I saw that interaction, I immediately changed my mind because I felt like Mona had kind of... Mona was a little bit more confident in that situation Mm -hmm. than I believe Dr. Sullivan was. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you agree? I think Mona kind of has something on her more so than she has on Mona. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Well, we have a little bit of news and gossip for you guys. So we want to get into that real quick. TV news. So, you know that we love tweeting about the show and you guys love tweeting us. So, it really should come as no surprise to you that Pretty Little Liars is voted the fourth most social show, which is exciting. Um, in a recent week, uh, it was... It dominated 25% of the TV-related content on Tuesday nights. So with tons of good shows on Tuesday nights, uh, Pretty Little Liars is doing really well with getting attention um, from Twitter and Facebook and all those good social networks. The only shows that beat it were The Voice, X Factor, and Sponge- SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> if I can get it out. <laughs> <laughs> Such a random one to have at the top. That's number the one. Number one, one right? right? Which is crazy. And then also, all you Pretty Little Liars fans probably have noticed how great the girls look on the show. All of them are super fit. And Ashley Benson recently got in shape for the upcoming movie Spring Breakers with James Franco. And uh, Seventeen Magazine actually worked with her trainer to show you, I believe it's six of those different workouts that she did to get in shape. So that's really fun. So you can check it out on 17.com, I believe. Mm-hmm. And also, Ashley um, and Lucy Hale have both been Bongo spokespeople for about two years now, and they're coming out with a new campaign. And if you want to go check out Bongo's Twitter, um, relating er- to our earlier story about being social, Ashley tweeted actually live throughout the show tonight on the East Coast feed uh, for Bongo, which is exciting. Yeah, so you go to Bongo's Twitter and you can read back you know, as she was answering questions and live tweeting throughout the show. So that's pretty awesome. Super fun, really short, easy little yeah. news and gossip awesome. pieces. All right, today. well, let's get into some predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Okay, guys, don't worry. We did not forget to talk about um, Spencer's little encounter at the end in the mausoleum. Okay, so we already know she's crazy. The girls step out. She goes over to this other area to a Marion Cavanaugh, which was stationed where it says "loving mother," whom we can only assume is Toby's mother. Yeah, and with the key, the A key, she etches in his name. I took that to immediately mean that Toby was dead to her. That was my my. Hence first. the title of the episode, "Dead to Me." Yes. 
So that's a nice, like, come to come full circle. Right. Could totally be. I, I feel like that's why else would you etch someone's name into? It's, mm-hmm. tr- it's true. But um, I don't know. I feel like that was a very telling moment for her that she's she's trying to put it to bed. We kind of can guess that next week's episode, will she's still upset about it, but mm-hmm. she wants to get over it. I feel like that's the first indicator that we have of that. Yeah, absolutely. I also wanted to make note of the quote that was on Allie's little um, right station, and I wrote it down, but it's an Emily Dickinson quote, and it basically says that um, the loved never die because being, you know, being loved is immortality. Yes. Which is a very, that's, I, I don't think it's verbatim, but that's basically what it says, and it's such a and Hannah even mentioned such a creepy quote, which also could allude to the fact that maybe Allie isn't dead. Yeah, I, I mean, it could be kind of a subtle indicator. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't will. know. I feel like there's lots to come in yeah. uh, in the next few weeks here with that. I felt like the quotes on both of them were a little a little strange, and th- there's definitely deeper meanings to it. Absolutely. And- I mean, we're going to see Spencer get, and Mona kind of get into it next You know, next episode. We saw previews for that. So there's going to be a lot of fireworks and stuff, and we can't wait to get into it. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at AfterBuzzTV. Go to iTunes, rate and comment, and you can follow me at Kelly with an IE079. And you can follow me on Twitter at Stephanie Wanger, and Whitney will be back yes. next week. Whitney will be back next week, so we'll be in full force again. Yes. So thanks, guys, and we'll see you then. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 